Mark chapter 3, and I'm reading from verse 1. Another time, he went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked round at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out. And his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. It's uh, an introduction. And uh, we were saying that it was, uh, it was about being willing to enter the zone of the unknown. That was uh, stepping out of our comfort zone and actually walking across to somebody else, just like we saw in the video clip, that this is what evangelism is about. It's simply about uh, reaching out to those people that are far from God. So it was about being willing to enter the zone of the unknown. It was about uh, listening for the Spirit's prompting. And we were saying that as you make that journey... Uh, into the unzone. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting. If the Holy Spirit's prompting us uh, to speak to somebody or to say something or even not to say something, uh, just to walk alongside somebody. And then we were talking about the fact that we just need to walk. And uh, of course we mentioned the example of Jesus Christ who didn't just walk across the room, he walked across the cosmos to demonstrate God's love for us. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to follow uh, in his footsteps. So, that's what we uh, were thinking about in this uh, just walk across the room. I'd tell you a story about uh, a nobody named Kimball. Don't know if you've heard about him. Uh, Edward Kimball was uh, concerned about one of his Sunday school students who uh, worked at a shoe store in town. One day Kimball visited him at the store, found the student in the back stocking shoes and led him to Christ. And there and then and there, Dwight L. Moody eventually left the shoe store to become one of the greatest preachers and evangelists of all time. Moody, whose international speaking took him to the British Isles, preached in a little chapel pastored by a young man with the imposing name of Frederick Brotherton Mayer. In his sermon, Moody told an emotionally charged story about a Sunday school teacher he had known in Chicago who personally went to every student in his class and led every one of them to Christ. That message changed Pastor Mayer's entire ministry, inspiring him to become an evangelist like Moody. Over the years, Mayer came to America several times to preach. Once in Northfield, Massachusetts, a confused young preacher sitting in the back row heard Mayer say, If you're not willing to give up everything for Christ, are you willing to be made willing? This remark led J. Wilbur Chapman to respond to the call of God on his life. Chapman went on to become one of the most effective evangelists of all time. A volunteer by the name of Billy Sunday helped set up his crusades and learned how to preach by watching Chapman. Sunday eventually took over from Chapman's ministry, becoming one of the most dynamic evangelists of the 20th century. In the great arenas of the nation, Billy Sunday's preaching turned thousands of people to Christ. 
Inspired by a 1924 Billy Sunday crusade in Charlotte, North Carolina, a committee of Christians there dedicated themselves to reaching that city for Christ. The committee invited the evangelist Mordecai Ham to hold a series of evangelistic meetings in 1932. A lanky 16-year-old sat in the huge crowd one evening, spellbound by the message of the white-haired preacher, who seemed to be shouting and waving his lone finger at him. Night after night, the teenager attended the and finally went forward to give his life to Christ. The teenager's name? Billy Graham. The man who undoubtedly has communicated the gospel of Jesus Christ to more people than any man in history. But remember how this sequence of events started. A nobody named Kimball, concerned for one of his students who wasn't yet a Christian, visited him in that shoe store, walked across the road, and in doing that, he changed the world. Millions of people were affected by somebody who dared to walk across the road. When we're thinking about evangelism, we're not saying that we want you to be a Billy Graham or anybody else, but we're wanting people to be willing just to take those few steps across the road, across the room, across the path, across the drive. This is what uh, evangelism is all about. And we too... We're a bunch of nobodies, but you just never know what might happen if we take those steps. So, this week we're thinking about uh, living in 3D. Living in 3D. Last week we were, we were thinking about the fact that uh, we need to walk across the room. And this week I want to think about, you know, what happens when we make that journey? What happens when we actually walk across the room? Living in 3D, and uh, you won't be surprised that that means there's going to be three uh, Ds. And uh, if you've got a, uh, a sheet, you might want to fill it in, or you might not, it's up to you. So, walk across the room people are people who live life in 3D, and they're constantly uh, looking for ways to develop friendships. They're constantly looking for ways to develop friendships. If we're going to uh, reflect God's heart, then we have to be in a continuous search mode. We've got to make it a habit of searching out new friendships. This is the heart of a true Christ follower. When we operate in this continuous search mode, watching for ways to connect with people, looking for friendships in the making. And when we do that, I believe that all of heaven holds its breath. I believe that the angels stand by and watch. And when we make that walk across the room, they exhale a shared sigh of relief, a joyous celebration. Because in that moment, when we walk across the room, friendships get formed, left, right and centre, that eventually might lead to something spiritual unfolding. Developing friendships is what we are about. Do you remember the, uh, we talked last week about the comfort zone and uh, the zone of the unknown. There's some things that stop us uh, developing friendships, aren't there? 
There's some things that, uh, that isolate us from uh, people that don't know God. Let me talk about uh, an imaginary Christian called Frank. Frank came from uh, a non-Christian family. And uh, he came to faith. And when he first came to faith, he was so excited about this newfound faith that he told all his friends about Jesus. Some of them came along to church and uh, became Christians. And uh, everybody thought this was great. And as Frank grew and developed as a, as a Christian, uh, the church recognised that Frank had some amazing gifts and they wanted him to be involved in the youth work and uh, they wanted him to be a deacon and uh, they wanted him to, to join a house group and Frank did all these and he was growing and developing in his Christian life and everybody thought it was great. But the only problem was five years down the line, um, Frank was so immersed in the life of the church, he was doing wonderful things. Uh, serving in the youth group, um, being a deacon, um, being on the ministry team, in the worship group. Uh, the problem was that Frank no longer had any friends who weren't Christians because all of his time was taken up in the church. He had lots of friends who were Christians, but suddenly um, his ability to speak or walk across the room to people outside of the church and form his friendship had been taken away. Because he no longer lived um, in the world that he once lived in. His friends had changed. And that story could be told of uh, many Christians over the years, of you and I. And one of the things we've got to be careful of in church is that we don't just wear people out. And we don't remove people so much from society that we no longer have any contact with people that are far away from God. I know as a minister, um, I'm a, a pretty good target for this kind of lifestyle. And it's very easy to get so wrapped up in church and, and doing lots of things that are good. We're not saying these things that, that we do in church are not good things and are worth doing. It's just that if we're not careful, we wear people out. And sometimes we almost wear it as a badge of honour, don't we? That we think commitment to Christ is somehow connected to uh, the amount of times we come to church or the amount of service that we actually give. I can remember overhearing a conversation in one of the churches that I served at, where the church secretary was having a conversation with one of the deacons about me. And the church secretary was saying, Richard's not really well today, uh, he should be at home in bed. And the other deacon was saying, no, he's the ministry, he should be here taking the service. And uh, obviously I was there taking the service, and at the time I thought I was doing the right thing, but looking back now, I'm thinking, actually, the church secretary was probably right. I probably should have been at home in bed, and so often um, we think, don't we, that uh, the more we do, uh, and it's almost like we're trying to earn our way into God's kingdom. And, uh, you know, people in, in the church say to me, you know, oh, you, you know, talk about the sacrifices you must make as a minister. But again, um, sometimes you go along with it and, it, and it sounds good, doesn't it, because the language sounds right, doesn't it? Um, but if we are alienating ourselves from... Uh, our family, our friends, in our service for the church, then we're never going to really develop friendships that could lead to something else. And so, um, we have to make sure uh, that we are continually in, in this search mode, that we're continually looking to form friendships, not as some underhand motive of, of, of them bringing them to Christ, but because we genuinely care about the people around us, that we want to enter into friendships with people. And yes, we hope that 
that that will one day lead to something else. But the friendship has to be genuine. Of course, there's other things that uh, that stop us developing friendships, aren't there? We uh, we looked uh, at that story <coughs> with the children of the lost sheep, the lost son, and the lost coin. And of course, the context for that story is uh, is Jesus talking to some of the Pharisees. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear him, but the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. You see, the Pharisees had convinced themselves that their hearts were the same as God's, or that God's hearts were the same as theirs. And they imagined that God had some people that he loved and some people that he hated. Some people that he liked and some people that he couldn't stand. And so they had convinced themselves that it was okay to be like that. And the Pharisees had some people that they loved and some people that they hated. And they thought they were doing what God wanted them to do. And Jesus tells these three parables in that circumstance, in that situation. I don't know about you, but I can imagine one of the Pharisees going home that day uh, with these three stories. We know the three stories, don't we? The, uh, the lost sheep. Jesus starts with, with a big picture, a hundred sheep. And then he tells a story about a woman that had ten coins. And then he tells the story about a father that had two sons. Do you see how it narrows down from the big, a hundred, ten, to the one? And I imagine one of the Pharisees going home that day, thinking through with these stories ringing round in his mind, thinking, what was Jesus on about? What was he saying? And as he sits there, maybe by the fire in the evening, and he thinks about the three stories, suddenly something clicks. And he, dis- and, he, and, he, and he discerns that in each of those stories, what was lost really, really mattered to the person that had lost it. And suddenly he says to himself, oh no, could it be that I've got it completely wrong? Could it be that actually all people matter to God? That God doesn't have a list of people that he doesn't like? You see... We don't often talk about this in church, do we? But, you know, there are people that we don't like. Sometimes we don't like people because they don't think the same as us. Or they don't believe the same things about God that we believe. And sometimes what we have is a a list of people um, that really we're never going to reach for Christ because we think they're unreachable. We have a, a list of people, and they're not like us. It might be that there's a list of, in that list of people, you know, there might be uh, not only people that don't believe the same as us, they might be from a different race. They might be um, of a different ethnic uh, group of people. Uh, racism is, is alive and well in, in East Lancashire, believe you me, I come across it all the time. And not only outside of the church, but also inside of the church. We have groups of people that we think that maybe it's okay not to like. And Jesus tells these three parables. And I reckon this Pharisee suddenly had one of those uh, divine moments when the the penny drops. It wasn't the penny that the the woman had lost, but the penny drops. And he suddenly realises that God's heart's nothing like his heart. That God's heart's full of love and compassion for all people everywhere. And, uh, you know... We've got to develop friendships with people, maybe people that we wouldn't normally mix with. 
maybe uh, people that are not like us. And in developing those friendships, we have to show people that we actually care. That we actually care. Developing uh, friendships is the first thing that we need to do. If we're going to be walking across the room type of people, we need to be people that are developing friendships. Because that's what Jesus did. He befriended people. He said to the disciples, you are my friends. So, walk across the room people are people that are living in 3D. They're constantly looking for ways to discover stories. Constantly looking for ways to discover stories. You see, as you develop friendships, um, and as you get to, pe- to know people, you start to get to know their story. If you were in the small groups this week, uh, we saw um, a guy that was a soccer coach that Bill Hybels befriended. And, uh, and in that story, what we learned was that uh, Bill Hybels didn't rush in and start to try and convince this man that he needed to become a Christian. He just befriended him. He just started helping him, tidying up the cones at the end of the, the football practice. He just got to know the guy. And at one point he took a, a step and he invited him to church and the guy said no, he wasn't interested. And Bill didn't cease to be his friend at that moment. He continued to uh, just help him and be his friend and not to mention anything about church again. And the result of that, of the, that, that thing, in developing the, the friendships, he discovered the story about this man. And eventually, of course, this man uh, reaches a crisis moment. And who does he turn to? He turns to his friend Bill. Because he recognises that here's somebody who's genuinely interested in me. Who wasn't just wanting to tell me about God, but showed a genuine interest and desire to know about people. And when we develop friendships with people, uh, we need to show that genuine desire by asking questions and getting to know them. And not feeling that pressure that loads of us feel that we've got to get Jesus into the conversation at some stage. I've got to bring Jesus into this conversation. Uh, I've got to tell him my, my story. In the, you know, otherwise I've failed. And of course... When we discover people's stories, we get to know them and we find out what makes them tick. And then we can make helpful suggestions. And then maybe they will turn to us in that moment of crisis. They'll think, oh yeah, I know somebody who might actually be interested and might care. So it's about um, discovering stories. It's about getting to to know people and uh, discovering their story so that we can actually enter into their story and be a part of their story. And then, walk across the room, people are people who live in 3D. They constantly look for ways to discern the next steps. Constantly looking for ways to discern, discern the next steps. It's about, you know, what do we do next? What's the next step that we are going to take. In the passage that we read, uh, this is from the message version, it says, He looked them in the eye, one after the other, angry, furious at their hard-nosed religion. He said to the man, hold out your hand. He held it out, and it was as good as new. Jesus Um, reached out to this man in great need. Jesus walked across the room to this man 
recognised his story. And even though it didn't fit in, because what he was doing on the Sabbath, um, he didn't allow that to stop himself from actually doing something to change this guy's life. The Pharisees have dragged this poor guy in with the withered hand into the temple and they stand back to see whether Jesus will take the bait. You can look at the story a little bit more deeply during the course of the week. But here's the thing. Uh, You and I have a profound privilege of reaching people around us. With the same radical love and impressible acceptance that Jesus himself carried with him wherever he went. He accepted people that others wouldn't have accepted. He did things that other people wouldn't have done. You know, all of us are withered in one way or another. And people around us choose to take an appropriate next step or two. We need to be there to help them move an inch closer to God. Here's what I want you to remember. In your day-to-day lives, there are withered people all around you. People that desperately need to know about the love of God. People who maybe have given up. People who maybe show no interest whatsoever in the Christian faith. But are desperate to find somebody that cares for them. I wonder whether this week as we go about our lives uh, living in 3D, whether we're going to be looking for opportunities to be actually developing friendships with people. Whether we're going to be saying to God, I don't know about you, but I've found this week when I've been meeting people, I've actually been saying, you know, I'm learning in this as well as you, we're in this together. And I've actually found myself saying to my, saying to God, as, a, as somebody maybe comes in, somebody came to read the gas meter, and I found myself just saying to God, Lord, if you want me to speak to this person, or you want us to have a conversation, uh, I'm just open to that. And it's just, it's just getting ourselves into that mode, and into that way of thinking, where we're actually open for God to actually do something in our lives. Because so often we, we, we go around, I don't know about you, I just go around an automatic pilot, without really thinking. And I meet all sorts of people, and every single person that you meet is an opportunity uh, to start developing a friendship, to start discovering their stories. Think about the, uh, the, the next steps that matter to you on your journey of faith. Think about the people that maybe got alongside you. Maybe they gave you a book to read. Maybe they said that they were praying for you in a particular situation. Think about the steps that were important to you and whether you can actually duplicate that in somebody else's life. This whole series is is a very practical thing. It's about actually uh, living the gospel. You know, it's it's so easy, isn't it, to, to kind of do church and forget that the main reason for us being church is so that we can reach people for Jesus Christ. And we can do church and it's good fun. And uh, we can meet together and we can, we can sing songs and we can worship God. And we can do our own little things and we can have our little groups. And all these things are good. We're not, I'm not knocking these things. But I'm just saying, you know, it's a little bit, a, it's a little bit like a, a lifeboat station, isn't it? You know, um, I'm sure you've all heard, heard the story, haven't you, about the, the lifeboat station that, uh, that uh, of course, was set up with the, uh, with the idea of saving lives, but turned out to, to be into a club. Uh, for people that went along and, and eventually uh, they loved meeting together so much 
um, that they stopped they, 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 they stopped actually sending the boat out because it was breaking up the meetings and, uh, and, they, and they enjoyed meeting together and in the end they got rid of the boat because they thought there's no point you know why, why do that and uh, sometimes that's a picture of what the church has become we've stopped reaching out we've stopped seeing it as the most important significant thing we can do is bring other people into faith and so it is about living in 3D. It's about developing friendships because we actually care. And we care because God cares. Because God loves all people. All people groups. Everybody. God loves them. And our job is to love them like God loves them. It's about discovering people's stories. It's about being open to listening to other people rather than us speaking all the time. And it's about discerning the right next steps it's about being open to the Holy Spirit prompting us to say to somebody I'm going to pray for you here's a book to read and eventually of course we're doing this thing at church why don't you come along but we have to earn the right to be able to do that we have to remember that we have a God that sent Jesus into this world to rescue us we have to remember that. I don't know about you, but I, I never tire of seeing people's lives changed and transformed. And uh, we all know people who are far away from God. What we don't know is how to help them take those steps of faith. Hopefully by together thinking and talking and about re-envisaging the way that we operate when we are interacting with people. Hopefully we'll help and be helped in helping people take steps that lead to faith in Jesus Christ. Remember that God sent his son into this world because he loved us. And that he came to our rescue. He's rescued us. And he wants us to be in the rescue business. As we uh, reflect on that, that we have a God that rescues us. We're just going to play a, a song and uh, just be thinking about people that you're going to be meeting this week uh, that are far away from God uh, start praying for them that you might have the opportunity to develop those friendship so to discover those stories and to discern the next steps <laughs>